0: Hey everybody, it's Mike. Once again, our presenting sponsor is Samuel Adams. It is summer. I'm enjoying their summer ale, which somehow, in a way that I don't know how, just tastes like summer. Um, Samuel Adams is doing a great thing right now, which I've mentioned before. There are so many industries devastated by COVID-19, but perhaps none as severely as the restaurant industry so they have teamed up with the nonprofit Greg Hill Foundation to create the Restaurant Strong Fund to support restaurant workers. You can support their effort over at samueladams.com. And now the show. Welcome back to Working It Out. Our guest today is a comedian I've known and admired for so many years. Tig Nataro, there is no one better. There's no one funnier. We've been on This American Life together. She has a lot of comedy specials. She recently launched a podcast called Don't Ask Tig. No spoilers, but I laugh pretty hard in this episode, and I think you will too. Enjoy. One of the things I'm so impressed about by you, in addition to your comedy, is your vegetarian... Uh, your vegetarian discipline, vegan, is is phenomenal. V- I'm sorry, vegan. Your ve- your vegan plant based discipline uh-huh. is phenomenal. And are you able to stick the landing in quarantine? Oh
1: my gosh, I could do it anywhere, anyhow, no matter what's going on in the world. Um, I haven't mentioned this publicly yet. But I'm going to tell you this, and you can go ahead yes. and put this out there.
0: Oh, clickbait! Give me the clickbait.
1: <laughs> the clickbait nobody <laughs> will care about. Um, but this is vegan.
0: This is the vegan clickbait that people are waiting for.
1: <laughs> this is the for sure thing everyone will avoid clicking on.
0: <laughs> I. This is called this is called click avoidance <laughs> material.
1: Good, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you're getting it first. Um, okay. I I am in. I'm currently reading a book about hormones and cancer and health and mm-hmm. diet. And while I was reading the book, I thought because my my pipe dream is to be a nutritionist. And oh wow! And cool. Yeah. And so while I was reading this book, I thought okay, what would it take to become a nutritionist? And so I mm-hmm. put the book down, and I looked up all the different options, all the different levels of education you can get. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I failed three grades, dropped out of high school. <laughs> I, got my, yes. I got my GED. My cat <laughs> ate my GED. I don't oh my have... Gosh a tremendous amount of education. I have a seventh grade education and a half-eaten GED that's framed in my office. And so when I saw that I could get certified, I put my book down and I signed up to become a certified plant-based nutritionist. And that's what I'm currently working on at home. So
0: that's incredible. That's
1: um, a dream to put uh, a certificate that has not been eaten by my cat next to my GED.
0: This is great, actually. Uh, cat clickbait, also.
1: <laughs> this is lesbian clickbait. Ooh, <laughs> that's the angle. Is
0: oh, that's the yeah, angle. That's is, the angle.
1: Is hot lesbian conversation, and it's it's me yeah. talking about veganism and my cat.
0: I think that that's really hot and I think like the the all the thing to think about also is that it's vegan clickbait which means that you can't even you can't even bait a fish. Mm-mm. You can't even catch a you can't even catch a fish. No, sir. It. No, sir. No fish, no meat, no, no eggs. No problem.
1: No none eggs, of it. no
0: problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No wow. none of it. But I'm 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 going to be certified in a couple of months and um and I truly might start consulting people.
0: I'm all in. I I you and I have talked about this before, and you've told me all about your vegan principles, and I'm uh-huh. all in in mm-hmm. theory. Yep. And I want to I want to take the next step. And and so Are you, you interested? Would, yeah, I'm interested. If, if you're interested,
1: ve- I, cause this isn't just nutritionists that I'm <sighs> gonna be offering. I will offer meal planning i will offer oh, wow. plant-based plant-based coaching it's wow. very um it's truly my big dream i can't even i, I mean you believe me but it, it's i do it's i know my you passion. i know you
0: well yeah, yeah.
1: so wow. if you need that's if you, you have any it. interest i i'm i'm here to help
0: and that's the lesbian clickbait you're here <laughs> for <laughs> that's the hot that's the hot lesbian <laughs> clickbait you're here for. Tignotaro is available for plant based <laughs> nutrition. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, There's the cap. So, oh, I know. So, we, we did a thing. Uh, we do a thing on the podcast called The Slow Round, and it's all based on memories and uh, prompts and things that I use in my own writing. And one of them, this is my favorite one, is uh, do you have a memory that's on a loop in your brain? that it doesn't really, it's not a story you'd tell on stage, but it's just a thing that you sort of like have in your head. It just pops in your head every now and then.
1: I feel like I have several. And I think that people, I think that's how the brain is wired, is that you just have stories on loops. And, you know, when you're living your life and somebody from your past texts you or calls you and, and you say, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you, it's because your brain is on so many loops, and you just think about the same thoughts over and over and over again.
0: That is, that is fascinating. So like when I, when I emailed you about coming onto this, the podcast, did you have a memory loop of me?
1: Uh, yeah, I always think about being at that dinner with you at Sasquatch <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I do. That's I also so sweet. um I can't remember what other festival you and I were performing at at the same time, but I remember watching you there and I think you know what it is? I saw you at a festival and I remember just being like, "God, how does he do it?" <laughs> and then we were at Sasquatch and then that's when I took a chance and asked you out.
0: Oh my gosh! It's mm-hmm. so romantic.
1: <laughs> it's it's hard for me. I I it's hard for me to put myself out there, and I that was me really putting myself out there.
0: Maybe that's the clickbait. Mm-hmm. The time Tignataro asked Mike Brbeglia out on a date at a but rock and roll But you can also festival.
1: spin it into a lesbian thing again and say the time. <laughs> That <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the lesbian, I can't remember how I was going to spin it, but the um like le- lesbian the, the the time lesbian les- date or something right
0: right lesbian first date
1: yes lesbian first date and then parentheses with a man but you don't see the parentheses until you click and then at that what? point you're already just you're a number
0: what about lesbian the lesbian hot hetero date.
1: I wouldn't say hot. <laughs> Dick,
0: Dick, why would you take me down like that on my own podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, do you have? Did you have any neighbors growing up that are particularly memorable?
1: Um. Yeah, I have several, and I'm in touch with with several, um, but one is. Particularly memorable, memorable because this was when I lived in Texas. She lived diagonally across the street from me. Yeah. And um, she was on the phone. This is somebody that I grew up with. She was on the phone with Kato Kalin when he heard the big thump
0: no behind.
1: Way. Yeah. Yeah. And heard she the was. Big,
0: wait, wait, wait. Heard the big thump behind. Finish the sentence.
1: Remember when he was on the phone and he heard a thump? And that's supposed to be when OJ was throwing the glove, I think, behind the house or something. I can't remember the details.
0: And she was the person on the phone with Kate Kaelin?
1: Yes. And she was in the entire trial. And the way I found that out, I haven't been in touch with her family. Her name's Danielle Ferrara, But... I haven't been in touch with her family in decades, but I was um, at the grocery store and I saw her on the cover of the Inquirer, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and so I looked into it, and uh, and that is my childhood neighbor. Her mother That's... used to tutor me in when I was in seventh grade. It obviously, didn't go well, but um, oh my gosh, her mother. One day when I was playing in the front yard, her mother saw me and came running out of the house with the local paper. And I and I mean local local paper.
0: <laughs> right, our <laughs> our version was the Shrewsbury Gazette in Massachusetts.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically that. I was on the cover of it. I was at camp and I was on a tire swing with my hat hat backwards. And um, nobody in my family saw that paper. <laughs> and had Danielle's mother not run out, I wouldn't have that. So, so
0: you were just at camp, and, they, and they, it was a candid photo of you at camp.
1: Well, yeah, and I'm adorable, and I'm having <laughs> a good time. They're, yeah. they're not going to take that picture and not put it on the cover of the... <laughs> of the-
0: so it was a li- you're saying it was a lifestyle feature.
1: yeah. It yeah. was
0: like this. Look at this cute kid.
1: No, it was look at this little lesbian, which is another clickbait opportunity for oh, your show huge. here. Oh, that's huge! That's gonna
0: be huge. That's gonna be huge. <laughs> do you have like a Do you have like a memory where it's like you cringe when you think about it? You are like, ah. Oh.
1: One of my, I'll, I'll tell you an embarrassing thing. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's so embarrassing, and it's me trying to make a relationship continue. And yeah. it's, it's also <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> because this person was in the comedy world, or she's in the comedy world, a writer, a stand-up, an author, and we had this secret thing. We had yeah. a secret affair.
0: Yeah. Not
1: like we were cheating on anyone, but just nobody knew that we had this thing going on. People sure. speculated, but... There is nothing out there, sure. And she, she really pursued me, um, and I, I just kind of was like, yeah, she's cool, and yeah, she's attractive, and she's funny, but I didn't <laughs> fully get in there, sure. Um, but we had our secret thing. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? One day she dropped me like a hot potato. Oh. Okay, and I. <laughs> was like, I'm sorry, what? I thought you were Uh, crazy about me. And it really like messed with me because I mean, she really came on strong, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what I did? (laughs) What? (laughs) It's so embarrassing. (laughs) Please. (laughs) She lives in Santa Monica, or she did at the time. And she always told me that I looked... Adorable in this one shirt. Uh-huh. I called her one day, and I told her <laughs> that I <laughs> happened to be in her neighborhood. <laughs> this is this makes me cringe. Oh I gosh. told, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And uh, I, I was like, "Can I swing by and just say hi?" Oh my and, gosh. and she said, "Um." Yeah, sure. And I swung by wearing the shirt that she told me I looked adorable <laughs> in. She did not let me in her house.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: She came out and sat on the front steps oh my while gosh. I sat there in my stupid shirt.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: she did not want anything to do with me. <sighs> and then she needed to go back in. And I mean, she went from like, crazy about me, pursuing me, um, involvement to nothing. And we are still friends to this day. And I need to tell her, or I need to tell her to listen to this episode.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I just told Stephanie that story a couple of months ago and she really felt for me.
0: Oh, the stoop. I so relate. Isn't that embarrassing? I so relate to the stoop
1: uh oh, it's it's the worst it's the worst but i think i'll it'll help me get over it to to put that story out there
0: were, what <sighs> what is uh were you ever a bully or bullied or neither or both
1: um well i mean i think that i've i think i've certainly Gone in different directions um, and learn how to use my comedy more positively. Yeah, over the years, I feel and, the same, I feel
0: exactly the same way.
1: Yeah, and I feel like even down to sarcasm and one of one of the biggest lessons that I learned. It, and actually, it's an example of being bullied um, that I worked at a coffee shop years ago. And I, because I don't have a lot of education, Mm -hmm. I do get insecure um, when I'm put on the spot about things that are really basic. Sure, And uh, so I worked at a coffee shop and I messed up in calculating the money. Mm. And there was a long line of people and this woman that I had messed up her order i said i'm sorry hold on one second let me go get my uh boss and she said you know it's not too late to go to college
0: oh my gosh
1: and i was like (gasps) i i i was paralyzed in that moment and um when she walked away i told my boss i said oh i i would love to go to her table and just be like hey Uh, you know what? Thanks a lot because of you. I just signed up for college classes and I'm moving away to go to college now. And, and my boss said, um, and this really changed my life. She said, um, you know, you can't fight fire with fire. And, um, I don't, I, I'm on your side. I, um, do not support you going up and saying that to somebody that's um, that's in my establishment. She said, however, if you want to walk up to her table and say, I just want to let you know that what you said to me really was inappropriate and it hurt my feelings, then my boss said, I will stand behind you 100%. And I wow. was like, Oh my gosh, that has since changed my life. It made me shift the way that I deal with interactions and conflict. And I try to be direct and not lead with something mean or sarcastic or aggressive and just kind of try and face the conflict as, you know, just directly as possible.
0: It's so, it's so cathartic to hear you say that, because I, I think I was, when I was younger, like eighth, ninth grade, I feel like I was bullied physically quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think that I sharpened my sword of kind of what you're talking about of like sarcasm or jab, you know jabbing people verbally. And then I think, you know, accidentally, for a period of time, became the bully. That I, you know, and then I think I've had a similar evolution over the years of trying to, trying to reverse that, uh-huh. uh, and and try to uh, and like you're saying, try to deal with people coming at me in a bullying way with some modicum of sincerity.
1: Well, yeah, and it's you know I think that if if I try to be direct, because even as an adult or in the comedy world, I've been flat out bullied i have been treated terribly and i have confronted these particular people in a direct manner yeah. and if it's and if it's not welcome and it's not handled if they can't meet me there then yeah. there's nothing there's nothing to work with and <sighs> i mean it's it's anywhere else as well but i mean from childhood to, i just didn't have that tool as a kid and um, and now I just, I feel really, really thankful for it. And I, and I can't say I'm always perfect and <laughs> with, with handling things, even sure. in, in in a relationship that I had after my boss said that to me, I remember I was so upset about something that was happening in my life. And my girlfriend at the time was just simply trying to comfort me she was just simply trying to comfort me and it was about something that she had no way of having experience in. Sure. And it frustrated me and I said something, I snapped or I was sarcastic and (sighs) I think about this all the time. She said, I would never speak to you like that. Yeah, And I just went, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, you know? Yeah. yeah, And, and so it's just good to, to keep trying to practice it. And, um, but I think it, it comes more naturally to me because I do feel like it's something I, 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 I really do feel like I, I learned, but can you know slip up as a human here and there?
0: It reminds me of things in my relationship where I have to think about in hindsight maybe what I was conveying with my body language or my tone without realizing it. Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
0: especially in the pandemic, it's like it's like we're all quarantined, we're all living together, we're on co- close quarters, and um, I just think sometimes you know, Jen and I speak speak you know in in 99 percent of ways we speak the same language and then in that one percent of ways that we don't Mm -hmm. it's i think sometimes she and i both think we're right about the how what we're conveying the other person
1: absolutely i mean stephanie and i are uh similar in that way in that we live together so well we make each other laugh till we cry every day, and I'm not mm-hmm. exaggerating.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: we're we're collaborators. We're um, we're all of those things. Same, and same,
0: same. Mean yeah, yeah.
1: And it's just I I can't believe that I found this person. In yeah, the world. that's
0: right. That's right.
1: And it's really interesting to go through all these different um, experiences and years together and becoming new people together and trying to um, bend to who the other person is becoming. Sure. And I remember, and I don't know if I can fully convey this, um, but we were having an argument one day and she made some comment and I said, wow, you're not who I, uh, you're not the person some comment about you're not the person I thought you were, mm. and then she made a comment like she agreed, like she agreed, meaning yeah. she she knows she has changed. She's mm. not she's not who she thought she was either. Mm. Meaning, mm. yes, people change.
0: That's really pow. That's really powerful,
1: and um, and it was very eye opening and interesting and it and it just kind of speaks to people and relationships evolving, and do you go together yeah uh, as as things evolve and change or or yeah. do you do you get off the ride
0: so this is the part of the show where we work out uh new bits in process, new ideas. Uh thoughts have you been th- is there anything you've been working on or thinking about?
1: Uh I I think about when the pandemic started and you know we before the pandemic we used to go to the farmers market, we'd go to the grocery store, we it was it was a whole thing around food. And then the pandemic started we we would have our groceries delivered to our house and our doorbell would ring. And the kids would run to the door so excited that a delivery came. And Stephanie and I turned into lunatics. And we (laughs) would be like, stand back, stand
0: back. (laughs) And they'd be
1: trying to touch the the bags of food. And we'd be like, you have to, do not, nobody can pass this point in the kitchen. We have to get the food to the garage. We started putting Uh, the food in the garage for purgatory. And we'd let it sit there for three days. And they'd be like, why is it, you know, I wanted yeah. a, a, a graham cracker. It has to sit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the garage for three days. Please step away. And then yeah. they'd, you know, pick up a carrot and we'd be like, get over here. You have to wash your hands or we're scrubbing their hands. And, yeah, yeah. and we were just <laughs> on such high alert. And, um, and after we started to get used to everything, we started to really... Um, uh, once we learned that you you can't get it through um, eating food, and that you don't really have to be bleaching all of your food, and <laughs> right. I don't, um, and so, but we now still have our front closet as purgatory. Yeah,
0: yeah, the quarantine, food, food quarantine.
1: Yeah, the food gets quarantined, and so we just tell our sons that um the packages showed up dirty again so we have to put oh, them my in gosh, here
0: no way and,
1: yeah and so and we always say you know what when we when the food got delivered the guy got some dirt on it so guys we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna wash we're gonna wash everything and then we can have it. And they oh just gosh. um, you know, they're four and they just are so cute about everything. And they're like, that silly guy got our food dirty again. You know, just that kind of thing. And um, yeah, but but there was a while there where it was, you know, arms open wide of like, stand back, everybody oh back away from the potatoes.
0: It's funny because I was it made me think of <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, you talking about your sons made me think of my daughter. And one of the heartening things in all of the darkness and 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 horror of the last three and a half years um, uh, in this country, one of the bright spots has been that Una is in preschool and she'll come home and she'll say stuff like, if you get a boo-boo, you're supposed to tell your teacher or your mom and your dad or your mom and your mom or your dad and your dad you know and it's like <laughs> and it's astonishing to me how much progress there's been with that in my lifetime when i think yeah. about it and yes. it, make, it makes me it makes me and jen so happy
1: yeah it's really incredible i we probably have more teaching our sons because we realized recently that they didn't know who I was in the family exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, who I was in the family. <laughs> because Stephanie is mommy and I'm mare, which is French for mother. Yes, of course. And so our kids watch Peppa Pig.
0: Yes. And
1: one day, one of our... Our kid said, um, um is 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 Mare like daddy pig?
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's when we realized that <laughs> oh, we just assumed they thought that we were both <laughs> the parents. And it turns out it turns out as much as I joke about them being my roommates in their minds are they're the family unit and I'm this roommate that's right, living with right. that. <laughs> and we just we laughed so hard when we realized that, oh my gosh, they what what do they think? But now now they now they get it and we did have more of a conversation. But um So what are you?
0: What are you yeah. exactly?
1: Yeah, when are you going to get your own place and maybe a job or something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could, go to uh, co- you could go to college.
1: Yeah, it's not too late to go to college.
0: <laughs> I wrote this down because we live in a neighborhood that uh, has a ton of kids, and I write down a lot of overheards. I was And I was at a coffee shop, and a six-year-old kid was grabbing his mom and so she goes, she like snaps at him and she goes, Arrow, if I don't get my coffee soon, I am literally going to die. And I, <laughs> and I wanted to be like, excuse me, ma'am, I'm not sure your son knows that literally means figuratively. And if he doesn't, he might think he is an actual Arrow. And if he is an actual Arrow, you might not want to hug him because you might literally die. <laughs>
1: It's hilarious. It's so stupid. <laughs> That's great. I was just going to say, I write down stuff that um, our kids say all the time. And uh, one of the things that was in my new hour that was kind of what I was working on. What, it was my hour uh, yeah. before I left uh, to go be in a pandemic. Uh, or... Uh, <laughs> P doodle. Um, And so, uh, one of the things that I talk about in my new set is about how I preface it with not claiming it's the funniest thing, but I do think it's one of the greatest sentences I've ever heard. And it was my son, it was from my son Max. He and I were sitting on the couch, and um, out of nowhere, unprompted, We weren't even talking to one another. He got up, and he looked at me and put his finger in the air, and he said, it can be tricky to touch a bird. (laughs) (laughs) I was was so overwhelmed by that statement, and I just uh, said, oh, my gosh, you are so so correct. You're so right. It can be so tricky to touch a bird. and So tricky. Oh, it can be so tricky. And I just thought, okay.
0: Wise beyond his years.
1: Yes. (laughs) And obviously there's been attempts and (laughs) clearly (laughs) so many (laughs) and that it occupied his brain so, so fully that he was just sitting on the couch and... I think about that sentence all the time and and how I just imagine him walking up and trying to sneak up on a bird to, <laughs> to touch it and just being like, oh, that is so tricky.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: There's a lot of cussing in our house, too. Oh, really? Yeah. When my stepfather came for the holidays, I just warned him that they, they cuss like sailors. And he said, is it... Is it because they've started preschool? And I said, no, it's because of Stephanie, <laughs> and that's really the only one to blame. But oh. we don't ever correct what, them. We don't stop words? them.
0: Which words? Which words? We can say it here. It's a, a grown-up podcast.
1: Um. Well, there's a lot of discussion about how you're not supposed to, You're not supposed to say fucking shit. And, um, and so they will tell each other, you're not supposed to say fucking shit. Max said fucking shit. And I told him you shouldn't say fucking shit. Oh my God. And then, um, and then hell is, is all day long as though they're 40 and 50 year olds. Like Max will walk to the, he, he orders in quotes packages on his, um, his, uh, He has a calculator he carries around, and he it's like his laptop,
0: (laughs) and he orders
1: a lot of toys on his uh, on his on his computer, and uh, and he'll walk over to the front window of the house and be like, "Where the hell is my package?"
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh!
1: Where the hell is my delivery? And or uh, and then Finn will build it's
0: like a a tiny middle aged man cursing cursing and demanding his packages.
1: Yeah, and he he ordered that damn thing like a week ago. And then Finn will build something with Legos and Max will walk in the room and he'll see it. He'll be like, Finn, what the hell is that? So it's very casual around here and we laugh really hard and don't correct them.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I don't, I have to say
0: like maybe this is, maybe people will object to this and say like it's bad parenting, but Jen and I are not, so strict on language. Like, I feel like I was, I was, my parents were very strict on language. Don't say this word, don't say that. And I feel like, who cares? Like, just, I guess, just, I would say use a variety of words would be my instruction to children.
1: <laughs> well, that's how I feel. And we try and teach them just to amuse myself. I try and teach them words that will amuse me coming sure. out of a four year old's sure. mouth. Yeah. Stephanie, it started to get hot out. And so she, popped open a beer in the middle of the day and it's not a common occurrence. And they asked what it was and I whispered to her and I said, say it's a brewski. (laughs) And so that's what they call beer now. They'll be like, you're having a brewski. And so, uh, and I try and teach them bigger words because it's adorable to hear that come out. Cause they naturally pick up the, the typical word. No, and, no, same. Um,
0: like one day I said optional in yeah. conversation and, my, and Una goes, what's optional? And I go, well, <laughs> it means you can do it, but you don't have to do it. And then it's like, the opposite of that is mandatory. She was like, what's mandatory? <laughs> and then by the end of the day, she had learned the words optional and mandatory. And I'm like, I am doing this wrong.
1: <laughs> no. That is the way to do it. Yeah. And as a, an aspiring um, nutritionist, Yes, of I, t- I teach my kids about nutrition all, all the time. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. This is me and my first clients. Why do we have to drink a lot of water every day? Because you have to stay hydrated. That's right. <laughs> and what is in popcorn? Um, and all type That's right. And what do we sprinkle on our broccoli? Uh, the Nutritional yeast. Nutritional um, yeast. Ah. Uh. That's all.
0: That's amazing. That is so adorable. So you're forcing your children to be your first, <laughs> <laughs> to be your guinea pig nutrition
1: clients. <laughs> Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) They're very inquisitive.
1: They're very inquisitive.
0: Can I run another bit by you? Please do. So Jen Jen really wanted me to turn on this yoga video that she's been doing. And the instructor uh, says, um, this is my best impression. She goes, this is an anti-aging technique. And I just thought like, is that a realistic goal? Like anti-aging, like, is that a real thing? Like, I feel like that's like, that's like saying, this is a denial of existence technique. This is an exercise where we pretend we are not living, breathing creatures who die. And like, and to be clear, like I'm, I am anti, I'm against aging as an idea. I don't believe aging should exist but I'm not an aging truther. I'm not one of these people who's like, no one has to age and no one has to die. <laughs> and and like, but because that's a cult. That's what cults yeah. are. You know, like I watched, I don't know if you saw the, the Bikram yoga documentary on Netflix. No. It's this guy and he's like, I am Bikram and I am the answer, hot yoga. And, and all I'm thinking is like, you look terrible. Like, how are these people (laughs) falling for this? He's not in shape at all. He is definitely aging. Since you're not familiar with the Bikram yoga guy, I'll tell you, Tig, he came to America in the 80s Uh with someone (laughs) else. This is all you need to know. You don't have to watch the documentary. (laughs) With someone else's idea in India to do yoga in high temperatures. He's like a yoga hack. And it is so like Americans to not check any of his references whatsoever. We're like, oh, yeah, India's really far away. I'm sure he's <laughs> a man of his word, even though he is completely sketchy and trying to sleep with my teenage daughter. Maybe that's a thing they do in India. Again, we will not check his references for the next 20 years until the Netflix documentary. And, uh, oh, yeah, my so, God. Yeah, and- so that, that's sort of a bit I'm yeah, I'm working on about about Bikram Yoga. Um, It's actually a really good, I'm actually, I'm making a joke about it, but it's actually a really good documentary. And because it's an interesting phenomenon to witness all Uh of these people just like drinking the Kool-Aid of this guy. And he's like completely corrupt and he's like, you know, sleeping with all these people and assaulting people. I mean, it's just awful stuff. And you just go like, wow like people can really fool themselves into believing anything if they if they if they want to
1: a million percent yeah i mean I, there's so many uh i think instructors that get kind, not to like put a bad na- name uh sure. around yoga but i i feel like i hear that kind of regularly where and a yoga instructor will come up and inappropriately touch people in certain positions and um I've never been a yoga person. Uh, I I feel like it's the comedian in me where I want to look around. I want to make a joke about, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I can't, I can't, I can't focus and and be centered. Uh, yes, I've I've found that on long walks or long cycling trips. Yes. Uh, but when there's other people around and in, in weird outfits or yeah. Weird positions, making weird noises with, you know, a weird instructor. I uh, I just, I can't take it seriously.
0: I It's funny. It brings back this memory I have from when I was on tour with the new one and Chris Laker and Jacqueline Novak were opening up for me. And we were driving around Florida and I did a yoga instruction in, I think, like West Palm, which is where one of the dates was. And they w- we were driving to the next location, which was I want to say like Fort Lauderdale or something. It was like a four or five hour drive and And I was driving, and they were in the car, and we got out of the car, and i my whole body was in complete and total pain, particularly my back and And I was sort of like limping. Like I, I was, I was like, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. And then I I we went inside and I sort of we went to the sound check and I sort of buckled over in pain on uh. the floor of the stage. Oh, you know where it was? I think it was in Coral Springs. Cause I, I'm remembering the stage now.
1: Yeah. Give us the right place, <clears throat> yeah. Mike. We were in Come Coral on.
0: Springs, Florida, and I was buckled over in pain on the stage. And <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I was saying to these guys like like I don't know what we're gonna do because people are gonna walk in here in two hours and I, I'm gonna have to do an 80 minute show, and so we called like a massage therapist in near Coral Springs to come backstage and essentially like like break <laughs> break this paralysis.
1: Oh <laughs> he, my god! he
0: he did he saved the day. I mean, like I got out there I did the show. <laughs> <laughs> and Whoa. I completely until now, until talking about it with you, I forgot that even happened.
1: That was a masseuse?
0: It was a massage therapist came and and fixed me. Like like cured me of this paralysis.
1: I have never had that happen with a massage therapist. It's always, you know, uh, they never get the knot out that needed to get out. It's <laughs> always just like, "Oh yeah, that feels good," but I'm not yeah. fixed. You know, I, I'm just impressed to hear that that happened.
0: No, he completely saved me. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do.
1: I have a very opposite medical thing that happened where I had gotten off stage in Philadelphia and it had been decades since I had seen a childhood friend who lived in Philadelphia and he wanted to go out for a drink with... Stephanie happened to be with me. And so I was standing there after in the front entrance of the theater because I had gone out to meet him there after people were kind of heading out. And I started to get this pain in my stomach. And I just thought, "Ah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And as I crippled over, uh, and started to look for some place to fall, I was out on the oh floor gosh. in the entrance of <laughs> this theater. Oh and I gosh. was having trouble breathing. And the guy, I, I, this was oh. after I shook his wife's hand. <clears throat> I was like, oh, nice to see you after decades. And nice to meet your wife. And then I was like, I'm not feeling well. Boom. Oh my gosh. And then I was down and a uh security guy had to pick me up and put me in a car and there were still people from the show in front of the theater watching
0: oh my a gosh
1: huge man carry me out and put me in a car and stephanie drove me to the hospital around the corner yeah what was
0: the, what was the diagnosis at the hospital
1: um i after i had cancer Um, I was put on this medication that causes a lot, uh, for me, not for everyone, but for me, the medication really caused a lot of um, uh, cysts. Mm, And um, one had burst on a blood vessel and I was immediately bleeding <sighs> profusely internally. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I was going into shock. I was having trouble breathing. It was so bad and uh and it, it was it was really really bad. We were stuck in Philadelphia for quite a while while I was um recovering from surgery and all sorts of things, but it was I, I really had said thank you and good night. And then uh, people, uh, the audience members saw me being carried out. And, oh um,
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was maybe a half hour after thank you and good night. Um, so, anyway, um, that's but like, that a, was. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's like that's if like you what? went, I was reading today that you're a fan of Kiss.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: that's like if you went to a Kiss concert and then like <laughs> you're walking <laughs> out and then Gene Simmons is like taken away <laughs> in an ambulance.
1: Well, and to be fair, when it says that I'm a fan of Kiss, as a kid growing up, it's not like I'm still
0: no Tig. We you know, know, no, no, we know. Listen,
1: to, no, 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 we no. know.
0: You have the let's outfit. You have this. the outfits. You, you have the makeup. We know let's, your level of let's fandom. Let's be honest.
1: We got to keep this lesbian. Well, I'm a fan of the <laughs> Indigo Girls. That's more clickbait for you.
0: <laughs> we got to stay. On, um, <laughs> we got to stay on our clickbait talking points.
1: We got to stay on brand and on clickbait. But, oh my gosh! Um, but I do. I love Kiss, and uh, but I'm not up on all the Kiss concerts in recent years. It's like if you went albums. to.
0: It's like if you went to an Indigo Girls concert, which I have, by the way. And
1: I haven't missed a single one, but go ahead.
0: And I've been to multiple Ani DeFranco concerts alone. <laughs> alone, Tig. Alone.
1: <laughs> I, no alone. part of me doubts you. Alone.
0: You, <laughs> you want you, you wanna know why I'm a comedian? I've gone to multiple Ani DeFranco <laughs> concerts alone. Uh, but that's like if you went to an Indigo Girls show. And afterwards, one of the indigo girls was being taken away in no. the ambulance.
1: No. It's like if you went to an indigo girls show and both indigo girls <laughs> are being carried out. <laughs> after the show. No, Kig. It's like if you went to an Indigo Girls concert
0: and uh, after the show, one of the Indigo Girls is being flown away in a helicopter and one of them is being driven away on the back of a motorcycle.
1: No, no, no. It's like if you went to an Indigo Girls concert and Kiss is being carried out...
0: Of the theater. <laughs> no, it's like if you went to an Indigo Girls concert and Mike Bubliglia no. has to leave early because Ani DeFranco is performing across town at nine thirty.
1: <laughs> okay, it is exactly like that. Okay, good. Okay, it's, good. That that's the perfect example.
0: So the final thing that we do in the show is we try to shine a light on and contribute to. Nonprofits that are doing good work right now. And mm-hmm. uh, is there anyone that you wanted to shine a light on uh, this week? No. Nope. Okay. Well, that does it. Tignataro, she's got a lot of specials. She's got <laughs> her own TV series and she doesn't like charity.
1: Oh, <laughs> of course. Of course. And can you even imagine what I would possibly uh, care about?
0: I. Hmm? It's something with uh, vegan stuff, probably.
1: Support and feed food. Support and feed, yeah. Support it's and vegan, feed. yeah. And you know, you know who started this is Billy Eilish's family. No kidding. No kidding. They um they have actually speaking of Philadelphia, I believe it's New York, LA, and Philadelphia. Um, plant-based restaurants uh, feed people in need during COVID, and That's the incredible. homeless and. Um. Yeah, it's really, really something. And um,
0: we are going to link to them in the show notes and contribute mm-hmm. to them. And that is so cool mm-hmm. to hear that there's, there's uh, that someone's doing that work. That's phenomenal.
1: You know, it's even cooler. What is um, Stephanie told me recently that Billy Eilish's parents are groundlings.
0: Oh, they're they're and improv they comedians still, in, or former still, improv comedians in Los Angeles. No,
1: they still no really hang out
0: real, no way really and
1: put on wigs and do shows. No way. At the gra- this is what my wife has told me and I believe her. She's from that world. She wow. she's from the sketch uh, and improv world and she said. That Billie Eilish lives with her parents, and her parents still put on wigs and drive down and do sketches and improvs and wow, all that kind of stuff. Wow, so, nothing cooler well, than that's, that.
0: That's clickbait. That sounds like clickbait to me.
1: And Billie Eilish, um, I, I I don't know what Billie Eilish's gender sexuality is, but I was going to try and bring it back to clickbait. But
0: well, I, I anyway. remember I re- I remember so well that time that you. And I and Billie Eilish went on that first date together.
1: To the Indigo Girls and saw Kiss,
0: (laughs) and then left early.
1: (laughs) Hemorrhaging internally. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Tig, it is. I feel so lucky uh, to call you a friend,
1: and I, you, sir. And I'm
0: in awe of your work. And if people haven't seen all your specials and listened to all your albums and watched all the episodes of your show, they should. Because you're uh, you're one of the greats.
1: I really, really appreciate it, and I feel uh, the exact same, if not more, about you.
0: Working it out, cause it's not done. working it out, cause there's no. That's gonna do it for another episode of Working It Out with Tig Nataro, our producers. Are Peter Salomone and Joseph Berbiglia. Consulting producer Seth Barish. Sound mix by Kate Belinsky. Assistant editor Mabel Lewis. Thank you to my consigliere, Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff for our music, as always. A very special thanks to my wife, Jay Hopestein, our new book. The new one is curbside. Support your local bookstore. We are doing a few more virtual bookstore events at Books Are Magic, which is our neighborhood bookstore that we love, at Greenlight Books in Brooklyn that we love, and Powell's Books in Portland that we love. All of that is on burbigs.com. And for all the updates about everything, because I did a virtual show last week, and it was so fun, so fun. And you can find out about it by signing up for the mailing list on burbigs.com. That is where all the good stuff is. Once again, our thanks to Sam Adams for presenting the Restaurant Strong Fund. Join them today at samueladams.com. As always, a special thanks to my daughter Una who created a secret radio fort made of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who listened. Tell your friends, that's easy. Tell your enemies, more challenging. We are working it out.